From the Financial Times in London, I'm Chris Nuttall and this is FT News. A UK media storm over ads appearing alongside extremist content on YouTube has led the government and a host of big companies to freeze their YouTube ads. It's prompted Google, which owns YouTube, to publish an expanded plan of action to tackle the problem. Over the past five years, Google and Facebook have conquered the market for digital advertising, snatching business from traditional media companies such as newspapers and magazines. But the controversy raises questions about whether the balance of power could shift again. With me in the studio to discuss this is Madamita Mergia, our European technology correspondent, and Matt Garahan, our global media editor. First, Mado, could you start by telling me how this blew up in the first place? Yeah, so um, this isn't the first time, but, you know, the FT reported this last year and the Times again last week, where it found that YouTube videos presented by hate preachers, including an Egyptian imam who is inciting violence and is actually banned from the UK, as well as other extremist ideologues, were found to be monetizing their content using brands such as Marks and Spencer's, Lloyd's Banking Group, and even UK government funded ads for things like Transport for London and the BBC. So it all kicked off because taxpayer funded money was being used to advertise against hateful and violent content. And this caused all the brands to be scared off by it and to pull all of their advertising off of YouTube. And there's some really big names involved, aren't there? Yes, exactly. So some of the examples are Marks and Spencers, as I mentioned, also L'Oreal, O2, Channel 4, Havas, which is a large French advertising company, McDonald's, several large car brands as well, including Volkswagen, for example. So everybody's frozen their ad spend on YouTube and they're waiting to see how Google is going to respond. And it has responded, but in what way? What's its plan of action to try and resolve this and and resolve the kind of qualms that the advertising agencies and these companies have? They started off not doing very much, but then as the crisis snowballed, they first began to apologise, which is quite rare for them as well. And then now they've published a plan of action And that involves really making advertising controls much tighter so that brands have much more transparency about exactly where their adverts are being shown. For example, many advertisers today don't even get a list of the videos against which their ads are shown. Only a subset do. So now they've said they'll extend it to every advertiser on YouTube. So you should have a list of all the videos that your ads are being seen on. And also other controls to make it more conservative. So they have a default setting for brands and that default setting will become a bit more strict. So they'll remove things like sexually explicit content. And you can only put it back in if you explicitly opt in to show your ads against that content. So they are at least claiming to make some big changes to their policies and products. And Matt, you've been talking to the ad agencies and the big brands about this. How have they reacted? Are they satisfied with what Google's saying? They've given it a pretty lukewarm response so far. I think there is a sense that if anyone can fix this, Google can, because one guy I spoke to yesterday said, you know, they're arguably one of the world's great science companies. You know, they can develop an algorithm to do pretty much anything and they can do this. But the bigger issue, is, as Maddie says, is that the advertisers don't actually know where their messaging is sitting because YouTube is so big and there's you know 400 hours uploaded a minute or an hour or something, something like that. There's a crazy stat about the amount of new video content uploaded to YouTube every minute. And a lot of it is monetizable. And the changes that have to happen here are about ad networks and the categorization of content and giving the brands themselves the ability to see where their stuff is sitting. I think when Google takes a step back, they're going to have to have a complete look at how they order and categorize content and whether their algorithms are capable of sifting through what might be a hateful speech without human interaction, because there's no way really that any one human can look through everything on YouTube 
and say that's acceptable, that's not acceptable. So developing a system that does that automatically is going to be difficult and it won't happen overnight. But, you know, if anyone can do it, YouTube can. I guess also the bigger picture is that YouTube, Google, Facebook have come to dominate digital advertising yeah. in such a way that the ad agencies and brands feel that they are really in their pockets now, that they are stuck with these. They need them. I think 80% of all new ad dollars are going to Google and Facebook. So yeah. the, the two of them are digital duopoly, that's what the ad agencies call them. And they've grown at the expense of newspapers, magazines, of traditional print outlets. Kind of barbed reaction, I think, from News Corp about this. Right. So, yeah. News, so Robert Thompson, the CEO of News Corp, has been one of the, the most vocal critics and has been using the investigation in the Times, owned by News Corp, to sort of make his case, which is that there's no transparency, you can't check viewability, you don't know where the content is sitting, what it's sitting next to, whereas in newspapers, you do. Uh, Rob Norman, who is the chief digital officer at Group M, one of the largest media buyers, was telling me that that's true, but then newspapers have had their own problems too over the years and their own scandals to deal with. And if you're going to say that you know it's a zero-sum game, you can only have your advertising in places where nothing bad has ever happened, there wouldn't be any advertising anywhere. So Google has its own problems to fix and has to get its own house in order, but newspapers have had to do that too. But is this an opportunity for the traditional empire to strike back in a way in terms of, you know, we've had fake news and now news organisations can say, you know, trust us, don't trust Facebook, and now we have this advertising scandal? You'd think so, that there would be this swing back. But the reason why Google and Facebook are so compelling is because they have so much scale. And Facebook, in, in particular, can offer a level of drill down into who's looking and who's watching your stuff to a far greater degree than newspapers can. I mean, the newspapers in the UK were talking about pooling their inventory together to offer the scale that Google and Facebook have. But even if every newspaper in the world pooled their inventory, they'd still be some way off being able to reach the same number of people as Google or Facebook. So the shift has happened. And even with this, I don't think it's going back to the old ways. Madhu, what about Facebook? They're obviously raking in huge advertising dollars as well. Are they likely to be affected by this? I don't think in this particular case Facebook is as under fire as Google because of the way that they target advertising. So the way Google targets advertising on YouTube is using categories or themes of content, which is why they're in trouble. Whereas Facebook targets in a much more granular way, and that's because it's got nearly 2 billion people on there and it can really target an advertiser to a specific type of person rather than a theme or a category of content. So probably they're quite separate in this situation. But what they are doing to set themselves apart, which Mark Zuckerberg wrote about recently, is they're trying to be more proactive in the way that they flag up. Because, you know, they have problems with content too, fake news, as we talked about. Exactly. And not just fake news, they've got live stream suicides. Oh, and bullying and beatings and the whole thing. Exactly. Facebook lives become this, it can be exploited in all sorts of horrible ways. Exactly. And they can't control it either because they've got this huge volume of stuff that you can't proactively stop. So they're trying to use artificial intelligence to help flag content that is inappropriate more quickly to their human reviewers. And they're saying that they want to be more proactive about it. And I think that's where Google is moving towards as well. Not waiting until somebody flags it, but helping to flag things that are inappropriate so that they can do this at scale. The big issue here, I think, with both of these companies is they do not want to be seen as having a kind of editorial function. They don't see themselves as being publishers the way a newspaper group would. They're technology companies. Whereas you talk to any advertiser, you talk to Robert Thompson at News Corp, any big agency, and they say, well, for sure, they are media companies. You know, they are publishers. They should have and should be responsible for this stuff because it's on their platform. And they can deny it all they want, but they have a responsibility. And I think that is what's happening now is that this debate is intensifying and the YouTube ad scandal could be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Well, we'll have to see whether this response from Google satisfies the brands and where this goes. Matt Garahan and Madhu Murchia, thanks for joining me.
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.